Hello, I am Wes. And this is Adam. And we are covering Shazam this week. Or is it Captain Marvel? I can never keep the two straight. Can you not? No. <laughs> Apparently neither can DC and Marvel. Oh man, or Fawcett Publishing. Or Fawcett Publishing at all, yeah. Uh, that is the episode of the week. We are going to be talking all things Shazam. And this is going to be covering basically from his inception up until now. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about, so let's just go ahead and deep dive right into this guy. First appearance and creative team is going to be artist C.C. Beck, and the writer is Bill Parker, and they this character was actually created in 1939. He is one of the oldest comic book characters around. He was created right after Superman. Yeah, and his first appearance is in Wiz Comics number two. Uh, the cover date for that is actually February 1940. It was published by Fawcett Comics, and it's kind of interesting because whenever they published this, he actually had multiple iterations. He was Captain Thunder, and then he was Flash Comics, and they kept finding basically other comic companies that already had these heroes or already had these names. You know what's really smart? Let's put out a new product without doing any market research whatsoever. Let's them send the cease and desist letter over, and then we'll just figure it out later. Yeah, and I mean, once they finally got it, it was Captain Marvel uh, in Wiz Comics number two, and it actually sold over 500,000 copies by 1941. Can you believe that? It's amazing, uh, especially now. Uh, how many comics do you think... Marvel wants to sell on Deadpool number 444. Uh, if that was an issue coming out soon, yeah, I like would think... the one coming out next month. Sure, I would assume that 500,000 would be like bare minimum. You sure. know what I mean? They probably sell millions of those now. Do they, though? I would think so. I, I feel like we should look that up real quick. Okay. And this is just the fantastic quality recording that you can expect from the comic book cabinet. Uh, we looked it up. Adam, what did you find? So I did could not find a Deadpool 444. Sorry. Ah, damn. Yeah, but I am using a website named Comicron.com, and it looks like, specifically, I was looking at Action Comics number 1000, which came out a couple years ago. That was a huge issue. I mean, that is a comic 80 years in the making, basically. Wait, is that Spider-Man? Uh, no, okay, actually, damn. comics number one thousand is Superman. Superman. Uh, the other comic I'm going to talk about is Amazing Spider-Man number eight hundred from Dan Slott, which is one of Dan Slott's last That's issues. That's the one we read. We read at this the one. very yeah. beginning of our at season. the very beginning oh, of our okay. season. So it's kind of a nice little book in yeah, here, yeah. right? So Action Comics number one thousand, which we also read for Superman. Right, right. Uh, it looks like the North American first month portion accounted for four hundred and fifty thousand copies. One issue? One issue. First month. First month. Wow. So, and, and you know, it looks like that had 10 variant covers and it had orders worldwide exceeding 500,000. So it sold a lot more than that. But fact of the matter is, over 60, 70 years ago, there was one issue that sold 500,000 copies in over a year. And the other number I've got here is Dan Slott's Amazing Spider-Man uh, number 800 was topped at 410,000 copies in May that year. So uh, comic books today are expected to sell between four hundred and five hundred thousand copies to be a really high selling issue. Yeah, and Fawcett sold five hundred thousand in a year. So for one issue, that's pretty crazy. But it makes me wonder if this is only printed copies. I would imagine this is only counting for printed copies. So there's no telling how many digital copies that have been purchased. And Fawcett didn't have iPads out there in 1941. Really? So you know, I mean, well, if Iron Man was around, maybe they would have. I mean, he was using a slide rule. Yeah. So, uh, moving on. Uh, Fawcett around. If I wanted to find a Fawcett comic today, where would I look? Who You'd be looking really hard. Because <laughs> I'm willing to bet that there aren't a whole lot out there that aren't, you know, in good condition. Basically auctions at this point, right? Yeah. So, let's just see how much Wiz Comics number two would sell for uh, if you could find one today. 
So Wes, if you were going to buy a Wiz Comics number two from Fawcett today, and let's just say you wanted to get like 8.5, 9.0, you're probably going to be expecting to play close to $300,000 from what? what I can find. Yeah. I have seen on eBay a couple of like 1.0, 1.2s, like really low grades go for over 10000 Holy crap. So, you know, it's not selling like... Okay, so, yeah, so let's say Action Comics number one, yeah. the first appearance of Superman. What are you, what are you going to pay for that? Uh, over millions, yeah. Oh, I mean, wow. it's. Uh, I think it's been several episodes since we've talked about Superman. It's been a couple weeks now, but yeah, I remember Action Comics number one selling for over a few million. So, like, 10% so, of the price, you can get Shazam. Sure, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's throw our money together, and let's get one. We'll hang it up on the wall. <laughs> you know, it's crazy, though, to think that back then, he was outselling Superman left and right. I mean, that's what brought the lawsuit on, right? Absolutely. So Fawcett Companies, and at the time, the uh, DC wasn't named DC. It was actually named... National Comics. National Comics. Thank you, thank you. Uh, They basically sued Fawcett saying, hey, you literally copied our character. Yeah, cease and desist. You look like Superman, so get off our lawn, you youngins. Yeah, and this battle actually went on for a really long time. It started in 1941. It didn't end up actually ending until 1953. It's one of the longest recorded like legal battles against an IP, I guess, in history. I mean, copyright infringement on Superman, that wouldn't even begin to happen today. There are so many superheroes, and so many of them are similar. Like, you just have to give him a slightly different backstory, a slightly different costume, and you got it, which is basically what Shazam was. Right. Uh, you could get away with that today. Yeah. But Fawcett Comics could not. They sold for... But they kept the comic going for 12 years. Well, they kept, like, producing it. I mean, basically, they never stopped producing it. And ultimately, really, the reason they kind of stopped is it wasn't so much that the lawsuit stopped them or bogged them down as much as comics just stopped selling in general, it seemed like. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then Fawcett basically just decided it's not worth it anymore. So, yeah, we'll stop printing Shazam. Right. Right, and by 1972, Fawcett had actually sold the character rights over to DC. So there was a huge stretch of history where there just weren't any Shazam comics being printed at all. Which kind of leads to a lot of his uh, childlike manner, I believe. Um, he was whimsical and fun in 1940 because that's what 1940s wanted. He didn't go through the reboots of the 60s and the 70s. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like there was a reboot here or there, uh, especially once DC got their hands on him. They tried rebooting him several times. And, and it always seemed like they would do like these four-issue miniseries, or maybe they would do like a small miniseries and then relaunch them, and it just wouldn't last. But then they finally were able to get it to stick in the mid-80s. Yeah, a lot of the comics we read, you and me, uh, it was almost every issue was a retelling of the Shazam beginning. Yeah, and it seemed like DC, by the time that DC got a hold of them, they had to keep reintroducing him and retelling his story. Uh, and interestingly enough, by 1991, they had actually acquired all of the rights to the entire family of the Marvel family, which is what we're about to talk about. But that includes Shazam and Mary Marvel and Freddy and Uncle Marvel, the and, whole shebang. And now his entire adopted family. And now his entire adopted family, which was lovingly introduced by Jeff Johns, one of my favorite artists. Oh, I can't wait to get to talk writers. about that. Oh, and that God, was a lot yeah. of fun. Jeff Johns is just incredible. I love the guy. I love what he's done with this but company. But before we get off on the Jeff Johns version of Shazam, as much as I love it, I would love to skip right to the end. Uh, he was originally produced by Bill Parker, created by Bill Parker. What was going on there? So Bill Parker actually created a team of six heroes, which each individual one possessed a very special power granted to them by a mythological figure. Uh, a guy named Ralph Dye from Fawcett Comics, and he was the, actually the executive director, he decided to combine them together, creating one hero that he called Captain Thunder. Oh, and, man. Yeah, that was the variation. If so it only was, it would have stayed Captain Thunder. Captain Thunder's pretty epic, right? <laughs> but apparently uh, he already existed. So. Right, 
Yeah, and so Captain Thunder was one. I think they actually had uh, Thrill Comics and then Flash Comics, but all of those were copyrighted, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, so Fawcett's artist Pete Costanza actually suggested Captain Thunder's name to Captain Marvelous, which was then again shortened to Captain Marvel. That is an iteration upon iteration oh, upon man. iteration. Isn't the creative process amazing? It is amazing. It's surprising this one ever got done. He's almost a camel, because a camel is only a horse designed by committee. <laughs> Well, after that, man, let's just get into the lawsuit so far. That sounds great. Uh, Billy Batson is the name you need to remember when it comes to Shazam. That was the very beginning of the Shazam comics. Captain Marvel, if you will. Uh, Billy Batson is an orphan. Yes. So he uh, then is, he's just on the street. And he gets transported to this magical place via a magical train, whether he was led there by a mysterious figure, or if somebody found him, or if he just got on a train and suddenly this train went somewhere else he gets to see uh, a bunch of uh all the the seven deadly sins of mankind he gets to see those statues staying up uh they, they reiterate this constantly even in the, the movie they go over the fact that it's all about the sins he walks past all these statues and he gets to meet a very old wizard old shazam old shazam himself who says say my name bitch <laughs> And so Billy Batson does say his name because he's a good little boy, and he gets to become Captain Marvel when that when he says that word. Right. Now, the old Shazam only chose Billy Batson back in the day because he was pure of heart, and only someone pure of heart could contain the powers of Captain Marvel. Oh, because Shazam had a very bad run and was someone who didn't have... The pure, pure of heart. heart. Absolutely. We'll We're going to get into him. So on top of Billy Batson, you've also got his twin sister, Mary Marvel, uh, who originally wasn't even around. She actually got added in later. Billy Batson is able to turn into Captain Marvel, who originally, whenever he says the word Shazam, he turns into Captain Marvel, who is his own personality, his own persona. In fact, there are comics where Billy talks about, well, how is Captain Marvel going to get out of this? And Captain Marvel mentions like, well, I hope Billy is able to take care of this. So they're two very distinct beings. Now, in the reformed version, the current version, Billy Batson receives the power of Shazam and he just gets big and, and looks older. He still retains his memories. But the word Shazam has pretty consistently over the years stood for one thing and one thing only. And those are this pantheon of gods. So the power of the gods. He has the wisdom of Solomon, the strength of Hercules, the endurance of Atlas, the power of Zeus, the courage of Achilles, and the speed of Mercury. I would have loved to have been on the creative team floor coming up with this name, Shazam. This is a word that's really never existed until they made it up. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty neat the way that they've incorporated all the different powers of the gods, and then, like, you say their names combined, and you get the, each individual power. Yeah. It's and really just, cool. And it's just a really great-sounding word. Yeah. Shazam! Well, and I love it, too, because there's so many times when Shazam is fighting somebody, and instead of just whooping them with his natural strength, he'll say Shazam and shock them with lightning, and then Shazam again to turn back in to Captain Marvel. Like, it's so cool. It's always accompanied with, like, this thunder and lightning happening. Right, and, like, he can be in a building, and thunder hits, and he turns and no one seems to really think twice about it. It's great. They're like, where did that Billy Batson kid go? Ah, he must be in the bathroom. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of really cool <laughs> things about Billy Batson that we haven't quite mentioned, and I'm just going to cover them real quick. There was some really neat uh, tie-ins to his creators and the positions that he had in a radio station, and going back to the creators wanting to have their radio station or sounding like radio hosts. I mean, all kinds of little things like that. So they have consistently tied Fawcett into this character. Like, even after DC took over, he works at uh, Wiz radio stations, tying back to Wiz Comics, and, and so many little things like that you'll just notice that are great. 
great. I, it, in the movie, he goes to Fawcett High. Right, right. So it doesn't seem like there was any uh, malevolence between the companies, at least, or at least not between the writers and the artists. I mean, the creators today appreciate who created Billy in the first place, right. Billy and Captain Marvel, and they carry it through. Uh, maybe the lawyers from 1950 have bad blood, but it hasn't carried through into the modern uh, business. So every great superhero is defined by the villains that make him. Uh, that he fights. Absolutely. Who is your favorite villain out of everybody that we read about so far? Ooh, that's easy for me, Sinestro. Sinestro? Well, okay. Yeah. What is the, your favorite <laughs> villain that Shazam fights? Oh, okay. So you said read so far. <laughs> in, We've in, read like a billion comics yeah, yeah, at this yeah. point. You're right. Uh, in the Shazam, all the Shazam you've read up to today, who is your favorite villain? Oh, that's so hard. Uh, I really love Black Adam. I've I have loved Black Adam since I first read Shazam as a little kid. It's like, because it has your name. Uh, maybe it's also because he's really badass. <laughs> Shaz- I mean, Black Adam is just the kind of guy that gets in the business and doesn't care who you are. Well, it's sure. awesome. And Black Adam has all of the same powers as Shazam, so yeah. he's almost the perfect foil for Shazam. Absolutely. In fact, whenever they introduced him in the comics, they couldn't even hurt each other because they have the same powers. They, they There's nothing they could do. But I will tell you, there is nothing better than seeing Black Adam just body slam Superman into the ground. Because anytime like Black Adam gets into the DC universe with everyone else, Superman and Black Adam almost always fight. Oh, fun. Yeah, like DC loves to make Shazam and Superman fight, but they almost even more love to make Black Adam and Superman fight. Because Black Adam is a bad dude. Uh, yeah, he's How awesome. How did he get created? Uh, well, so basically Black Adam was actually, he's one of the last big villains that was introduced because there are three that we're going to cover. Uh, but he was introduced to Marvel Family Number 1 back in 1945. And originally he was named Teth Adam. And old Shazam had chosen him to protect his homeland. He, he thought he was pure of heart. And so he gives him these powers. And of course, ultimate power ultimately corrupts. And just like in this case, Black Adam ends up be turning evil and kind of getting power hungry and trying to take over. He became a dictator in Egypt. Yeah, I mean, it's something else. So it's interesting because Old Shazam says, you are no longer Teth Adam to me. You are Black Adam, and I cast your name away and banishes him to the end of the universe. 5,000 years away. It took 5,000 years of flying for him to get back in order to fight Shazam. Right. And so he shows back up, and they try to fight him. In fact, at this point, it's not just Billy Badson. It's Mary Marvel, and it's also Freddy, who is Captain Marvel Jr., who we're about to talk about, fighting off Black Adam, and they can't hurt him because he has the same powers. And this is when old Shazam tells them, well, yes, there was another. And this was the first person I gave my powers to and never should have. That's why you have to be pure of heart. Now, the story of Black Adam has changed since then. Whenever they reintroduced him in the New 52, they changed it so that two sons had met uh, the old Shazam and were looking to heal their uncle. So old Shazam gave them the powers to heal him. And as they were saying Shazam, Teth Adam kills them and takes the power for himself. So it's a little changed, but for the most part, it's still the same thing. It's still Teth Adam. He's still a bad dude. Yes, Now, our next guy we're going to talk about is Dr. Savannah, who is one of the oldest. I mean, he showed up in Wiz Comics number two right along with Billy Batson. Uh, And essentially, it's funny because he's had a lot of iterations. He was originally an evil scientist that was holding some 
Air Communications ransom for $50 million, which is like nothing nowadays. And uh, then he gets transformed into being an actual uncle right. for Billy Batson. Right. So he's he, just the evil uncle. Yeah. So he's just the evil uncle who has to compete against Uncle Dudley, who is also Uncle Marvel uh, in the older comics. And, you know, it, that storyline, I don't know that I really cared for. I don't like the idea of Savannah being related to Billy. I think he works so much better as just being an evil scientist. Which is basically what they did in the movie. Right. He was Savannah, Dr. Savannah, who wants bad things to happen and Shazam has to stop him. Right. And so Savannah has been around from day one of Shazam. He is like OG villain. And he has a couple of children himself. Uh, what are their names? Beautitia or Beautia? Beautia is how I always said it. And, uh, and Magnificus. I mean, that's not telling at all. When you name your children that. Right. And he only has children in the series when uh, he is related to Billy Batson. So that's when, you know, they even convince Billy to move in with him at one point in time when he's first introduced. And basically, he just wants to get a hold of Billy's fortune so that way he can pay off some people to do some evil things. That is uh, sometimes a consistent storyline as well. You see in a couple of different iterations is the uncle wanting to steal the inheritance of Billy Batson. And then he just kicks him out so he becomes an orphan. Absolutely. It's a little yeah. sad. It is. It's very sad. And, but how evil do you have to be to kick your nephew out to the street just so you can have a few bucks? Well, this guy just got, he had some science experiments, man. My favorite villain was Mr. Mind <laughs> because he was so flipping ridiculous. Yeah, I'm Mr. reading Mind's this crazy. comic and all of a sudden I'm like, is the bad guy a caterpillar? Yeah. And he is. It's a worm from the planet Venus. He's now in control of uh, the Monsters Society of Evil. Right. He's a two-inch worm. Yeah. And oftentimes this two-inch worm works right alongside Savannah and Black Adam to just F their S up. That sounds dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. And if I hate to ruin anything else, but at the end of the Shazam movie, he's in, we're introduced to Mr. Mr. Mind. Mind. At Listen, end. it's been a year since that movie released by the time that this episode drops. If yeah. you haven't seen it and you're worried about spoilers, too bad. Yeah, well, don't <laughs> listen to this episode. Uh, he's fun. Uh, like yeah. in uh, the one issue that I read with Mr. Mind, they're filming a movie. And they have a Mr. Mind, like it's a Shazam movie. Uh, and then they have the Mr. Mind puppet. And he replaces the puppet and nobody can figure out that he's a real worm now. Right. Uh, and then he like, all these movie props happen. It's a ridiculous comic, but it was a lot of fun to read. Those old Shazam comics are incredible, aren't they? They are really fantastic. Uh, a lot of the old comics, especially Superman, uh, a bunch of the older ones from Marvel, there's lots of talking. Yeah. There's lots of interior monologue, and they're always describing the action. They never let the, the artwork stand on its own. Shazam, I don't feel like does that. No. No, no, like reading those old comics from the early 40s felt like reading comics released a couple weeks ago. They were a lot of fun. If you get a chance to go back and reread some of the older ones from Fawcett, man, highly recommend it. Absolutely. All the old ones for Shazam are great. Absolutely. We, in fact, read uh, the 75th Anniversary Compendium, and that contains almost everything you would need to get completely caught up with Shazam. It was a great read. I had a, bl a blast with that one. Definitely. So... If you are defined by your villains, you always get a lot of help from your teammates. And you've mentioned a couple of names so far, but let's go into depth on who each teammate is. Who is your favorite original teammate oh, for Shazam? For sure, Freddy. Uh, Freddy is really? Shazam's friend. Uh, yeah, so they met because Captain Marvel actually saved this. Uh, he's another orphan that he saved from Captain Nazi. I know. <laughs> I was taking a drink there, and I almost spit Coke all over my uh, computer screen. 
<laughs> Captain Nazi. Captain Nazi. We didn't mention him in the villains. Well, he's a kind of a cruddy villain that showed up maybe <laughs> once or twice. Like, he's not a huge villain, uh, but he's a fun villain, to say the least, for sure. There's literally nothing better than watching Nazis get their asses handed to them. <laughs> uh, but the great thing about it is, is that they become great friends, and Billy actually kind of gives him some of his power, so he's able to turn into Captain Marvel Jr. by saying the words Captain Marvel. It's very similar to Shazam. How convenient. Yeah. I love it. And I think Freddy's great. Even in his current iterations, he's hilarious. I mean, he's always the sidekick with the, the fun, quippy lines. And something about Freddy just really sticks out to me. And then there's Mary Marvel, his long-lost sister that shows up halfway through the comics. Uh, is this Originally, was it the one where they have the lockets that meet up, or was that a later line? That must have been a later one. I think one. it was. Yeah, because originally Mary Marvel uh, is basically the long-lost twin sister. She was separated at birth. Uh, I believe there was a nurse... That's the one where the Wait, locket. Is that the one with yeah, the lockets? Oh, yeah, that's right, because they, they were given lockets at birth. There's a nurse that's working for a rich family. Yeah. The rich family loses their daughter as she passes away. The nurse is like, well, I've got these orphan children. I'll replace it with this daughter. Right. But here's a locket, so all, you can always remember and find your actual brother. Sure, like that locket was supposed to tip them off or something. Right. Uh, but it worked. They found each other because of the locket. It was a great little story device. Yeah. Uh, but she, for some reason can sh say Shazam and become the Lady Marvel? Ms. Mary Marvel. Marvel. Mary Marvel yeah. herself. She just adds Marvel to the end of her right. name. She's Mary Marvel. And she has basically all of the same powers as Shazam. Um, you know, as far as I can tell, there were no, at no point in time has there ever been any differentiation in their powers. They seem just as powerful with each other. I mean, they were all able to stand toe-to-toe -to -toe against Black Adam, who has the same powers. So it's the more recent iterations where each individual family kind of has one strength or weakness. And then my favorite, though, out of the original team is Uncle Dudley. Oh, God. Because he, again, <laughs> apparently I like the ridiculous, because he doesn't have any powers. He's not a part of the Marvel family. He's not even really technically an uncle of the kids. No, he he's just, just calls himself Uncle Dudley. He's a strange old man that they learn to accept into the family. Uh, and so when they all say Shazam, and they become Mary Marvel or Captain Marvel, he starts taking his clothes off. And he has a red jumpsuit underneath that looks like their uniforms. And he's like, oh, I have powers. Oops, I, they don't work right now. Yeah, yeah. Uncle Marvel is something else. Uh, he's a lot of fun to have around. He often gets them out of some pretty deep situations, though. I mean, he's definitely been able to help them out. And occasionally he is actually their uncle. The one where Savannah is his uncle... The one where Savannah is Billy Batson's uncle, uh, Uncle Dudley or Uncle Marvel, is actually his uncle as well. So there have been storylines where they're all related, but they, it's almost never consistent. But he, uh, the reason he doesn't have powers, I love this word, is because he has Shazam Bago. Right. Shazam Bago, baby. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Uh, but he is a lot of fun. So then... We have uh, basically the current team for sure. Shazam. Uh, is this the one that was created by Jeff? So Jeff Johns reintroduced Billy Batson in the New 52 after a whole bunch of different storylines where they had kept trying to basically reintroduce him. And in this storyline, he is actually already a part of a family where he's been adopted. He's learning to kind of cope with having been adopted with this new family. In fact, he's not even pure of heart. Whenever he sees old Shazam, they get into an argument. And old Shazam tells him, like, yes, you have to be pure of heart to receive my powers. And Billy's like, well, no. 
one's pure of heart. Like, it's, what are you talking about? Look at the world today. You know, and so he convinces Shazam to give him his powers. Well, it ends up between him and Black Adam. There is a giant battle that goes down. Black Adam has the rest of his family completely captured. And he's saying, like, either you give your powers to me or I'm going to kill all of your family members. And so basically Billy says, okay, well, here's the powers. And he shoots them at his family instead. They all become Shazam's. And then they kick the crap out of Black Adam. So it's it's almost identical to the movie that has recently come out, except Black Adam is in it. So the movie really concentrated on Dr. Savannah with right. a little quip of Mr. Mind in the end. Yeah. In the comic itself, it was Black Adam, Mr. Mind, and Savannah all working together for the most part. Interesting. Uh, so who is, out of the three that they created here in the current team... Who do you like? Darla. Darla is my favorite. Oh, yeah? Darla Dudley. So they introduced you Eugene. Yeah. So they introduced <laughs> Eugene Choi, Pedro Pena, and Darla Dudley. Uh, and that, with Mary, and Freddie, and Billy, make up the current Marvel family. And it's really cool with this new team, except with the exception of Mary Marvel, uh, each of them have, uh, they while they might have all of the powers of Shazam, they have a more focus on one particular aspect. Right. So like Eugene Choi is kind of like the brains of the operation. He's very, very tech savvy. He has a lot of information. I guess you could say he's the smart Shazam. Right. He has the wisdom of Solomon. Absolutely. Uh, then you have Pedro Pena, who uh, is more of a green weightlifter. He wear, Well, he wears green clothes. And then he's also a weightlifter. So he has the strength of Hercules. He's super, super strong. He's much stronger than the rest. Yeah. It, Man, I kind of almost wish they had gone with a Mexican wrestler with him. Like, like with a, a luchador mask? Yeah. That would have been, been pretty great. neat, yeah. Thanks for the luchador. That was the word I was looking for. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, Darla Dudley. Uh, she has like very fast speed abilities. Uh, and she wears purple. So she's cute. I like her a lot. Uh, she cracks me up because she cannot keep secrets like at all. So it causes <laughs> a lot of issues for them throughout the comics. Uh, but she's great. She's a fun character. Uh, and, of course, Freddy in this one gets his own little powers as well. Yep. Uh, he's also like he has his legs don't work quite as well as you would like. So he always has those those crutches, crutches that he walks yeah. around on. Uh, what was his uh, specific power? I'm trying to find it. He wears blue. He wears blue. He's in a blue uniform. <laughs> <laughs> so Actually, the three, three new ones have specific. The three things. new ones have specifics. The I, two original Mary and Freddie are both yeah. basically the same as Shazam. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm glad the, we figured that out before we recorded. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> As far as I'm concerned, Mary and Freddie haven't changed. They're basically on equal footing with Shazam. And it's not to say that the others aren't really on equal footing. They're just as powerful. It's just that they seem to concentrate or specify in like the speed, the wisdom, and the strength. So... What about Uncle Dudley? Is he in the New 52 at all? Yeah, he's not even in the newest comics. Uh, so since the New 52, there's just Shazam with like an exclamation mark at the end. Yeah, and I don't take think away he's shown my up. Favorite. Yeah, would take it. I mean, he didn't last. I don't think he was in the New 52 at all. He was in the. I think he might have been like a side character, a janitor that was helping out. Uh, at this point in time, I've read so many Shazam storylines. Right. Trying to keep them all separate is a right. little difficult. I think that was actually before the New 52. It might have been, yeah. He was a janitor and was like, dude, well, I'm trying to take care of you. but Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's Shazam's changed a lot over the years, but in very minor ways. Does that make sense? So it's really hard to keep each uh, line separate. Yeah, in my, in my opinion, they're, they're very similar, a lot of them. It's Billy Batson. He's an orphan. He gets powers from an old wizard. He can kick a lot of butt. Yeah, and he gives his powers to other people at this point. Yes. There has been several iterations. In fact, there was one comic where there were just a bunch of Billies, like three Billy Batsons. That was an old one, yeah, too. Yeah, it was a super old one. So uh, this idea that he could share his powers has been around for a while. Right, yeah. it's been. I mean, hell, he, sh he shares them with Freddy really early on. Do so, you remember the name of the Billies? Well, there was Appala there was Hillbilly because he was That's, from the Appalachian I love Mountains. that one, especially being from Tennessee like we are. Right. Like, I Hillbilly think, was great. I think there was Fat Billy... 
which you would never get away with today. Right. And then there was just Billy Billy, I believe, like just main <laughs> Billy. But there were a total of three or four of them, I yeah, think. Three and other guys. For some reason, if they said Shazam, they all turned into Shazam. Or they all turned into Captain Marvel at that right. time. <sighs> for no it. apparent reason, just because they were all named Billy Batson. Uh, but they saved the day, so that's all that matters. Oh, that's right, because they were tracked down because they were being persecuted because their name was Billy Batson. Right, right. Oh, yeah, I forgot. And then they were just like, well, maybe if we say it, we'll become Captain Marvel. And, and it they worked. do, and it worked. <laughs> Whatever. It works. It's a comic book. Man, so comic books, uh, they always like to have these major plot points and changing moments and the way they restructure characters. The big one we've talked about a lot now is the New 52 with the yeah, new team. absolutely. Um, and the New 52 happened after Flashpoint, which you've not read about, but right. it was basically the re-merging. It was a common day crisis on Infinite Earths. Gotcha. Uh, but in the beginning, Shazam's pretty simple. They... He fights bad guys. He wins. Everybody's happy. And it's really episodic. Yeah. There's not a big through line of anything other than maybe him tracking down some of his family. But for the most part, the early comics, when they were with Fawcett, they were simple. They were enjoyable. Uh, you could read them from week to week and pick them up. And uh, you didn't have to read the 15 before. When you read it that week, you knew what was happening. Very episodic, you could say. Yeah. Let's take a look at a couple of the major points of Shazam over the years. You know, in the 80s, whenever DC tried to reintroduce them, they just kept doing these one-shots. There were several Shazam vs. Superman one-shots, uh, and it was kind of interesting the way that they did it. At this point in time, it was before Crisis on Infinite Earth, so you had all of these different multiple realities or multiple universes. Shazam predominantly stayed on Earth-S compared to Earth-1, where most of your superheroes were. That was where all the Earths merged in together so there were several issues where before they had merged superman would go over to earth s or shazam would come over to earth one they would have their bouts and they would or they would help each other out in some way or another oftentimes it was black adam and savannah tricking them to go and fight each other we also got a really awesome one shot uh, where billy ends up trying to help out a bunch of sick kids and, and helping out a child with an abusive father uh, and in fact there's another one where he ends up helping out burn victims and it seems like there was a period of time where they tried to use Billy Batson to kind of reach out to maybe younger kids in a hard spot. I mean, they, he was addressing social issues 100%. I really enjoyed those two. It was uh, a really great introduction to somebody who might have a physical problem like that, but they're still just a normal person and trying to bring that into the normal world. Yeah, and, and when you step back and think about it, it, this was an interesting time because you had this Billy Batson, what, 10 to 15 years old, right? He's a young kid. He turns into this superhero where he's trying to save people's lives and they could actively die or he could actively have to kill somebody in, in the battle, right? The heat of battle. And then turn back into a kid and have to live with that. Like, th this was a different dynamic, in my opinion, because originally when he turned into Captain Marvel, it was Captain Marvel doing these things. Now that it's Billy Batson doing it, it's a 12-year-old's mind having to cope with the things he's done. I mean, that would be hard. And so for him to have to go out and help these other kids with their, their individual issues. It was just really touching because he kind of learns, like, if I can bring hope to other people, I should just keep doing this. I should have hope for myself. So that was a really interesting time. Uh, and then he wasn't reintroduced again for a long time until the New 52. He got reintroduced in Flashpoint. During the Flashpoint series, when all these universes came together, was when uh, the family, the Marvel family, was basically introduced. Once they were introduced, Flashpoint ended, and then the New 52 started back up, and that is when Jeff Johns reintroduced uh, Shazam whenever he rebooted the entire DC universe.
So speaking of the New 52, for those of you that haven't listened, and even a little bit for you, Wes, since you're kind of still new to the New 52 era, there was an event that took place in DC Universe named Flashpoint. Flashpoint kind of merged all of these universes together again. It even opened up a few, and it created few, and then it merged them all back. It was a fun event. I make it sound a little bit more confusing than it really was. But during this time was when Shazam family got reintroduced by Jeff Johns. So this was the first appearance of you know Eugene Choi, Pedro Pena, and Darla, along with Billy Batson, Mary Batson, and Freddie Freeman. Now, the interesting thing is, is this is kind of another callback to the Fawcett comics because in this iteration, they turn into Captain Thunder and they all have to say it at once. So it's kind of another big callback to the original Captain Thunder. Well, at the end of the Flashpoint series, it all wraps up. They go back to their universe, and then he gets reintroduced in the Justice League series in New 52. And it was kind of interesting the way that they did it, because he was in two full issues, Justice League 0 and 21. But in between that, during Justice League number 7, it started with number 7 anyways, there was like a small comic in the back that Jeff Johns had added in for like a backup story almost. So these were things that were happening in between, I guess, the normal Justice League stories. It was kind of a neat way to get the story out actually i know whenever i was collecting i really enjoyed this another big thing that the new 52 did was it got rid of captain marvel entirely he is named shazam he says shazam turns into shazam there is no more captain marvel what's great is whenever jeff johns was asked why they did this he said well everyone calls him shazam anyways Now, I'm going to go ahead and talk about some of the things that happened during the New 52 period that really affected Shazam, or maybe Shazam really affected them, and that's really all that you need to know for the New 52 period of Shazam. The first big event is the Trinity War. Now, in the Trinity War, we're introduced to a character named Pandora. She was, you know, born thousands and thousands of years ago, opened up Pandora's box, and caused the seven deadly sins to come out. Now she has been cursed with long life. Basically, I think she's supposed to live forever until she puts the sins back in. She has to find someone that is either pure of heart or purely evil of heart to open the box to get the sins back in. So, of course, she finds Superman, who touches it, causes his powers to go haywire. Now, while all this is happening, Shazam is actually flying Black Adam back to Kondok, his original nation in the New 52. Wait, 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 wait. So you're telling me two things that don't make sense, because since I didn't read a lot of this, uh, Black Adam is dead. Yes, Black Adam is dead. And what's Kondok? Kondok is, uh, think of it as Egypt, essentially. They tried to give him a new area that he was originally from, which was Kondok. Is it on the planet Earth? Is it somewhere It's else? on DC's Earth. I don't think Kondok is an actual... Gotcha. It's a Middle Eastern replacement area. Right, okay. basically. So, but it's on their Earth. Yeah, it's kind of like Metropolis and Gotham. Like right. I think you know there are very clearly equivalencies of the Earth there. Okay, makes sense. Right. So in this storyline, Black Adam is being flown there to be buried. It's his original home place. Now, this is causing some issues, though, because since Black Adam's been back, he's caused a lot of issues in Kondok, and they have had a no-fly, no-superhero zone initiated. <laughs> so, of course, Shazam being there is breaking that, causes Superman and the Justice League to go in and stop Shazam. Well, when they fly in to stop Shazam, Superman accidentally kills somebody, which causes the Justice Society of America to come in, who was created to stop the Justice League if they ever went bad. It gets really complicated, and it basically turns into the JLA, the JSA, and the Justice League Dark all fighting each other, and it just gets totally nuts. Uh, It was a lot of fun to read, but it was very confusing, and ultimately it ends in the crime syndicate coming from Earth-3. So Earth-3 is another universe. The crime syndicate comes in, and they are the evil versions of Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, uh, Green Lantern, The Flash. They are seriously evil, and they are really, really awesome. 
That makes me want to throw my headphones across the room. Oh, just wait. There's more. Oh, great. So we go into the Dark Side War pretty close immediately following the Trinity War. Spell Dark Side for me. D-A-R-K-S-E-I-D. That's not what I expected at all. No. Okay. So you've not really read a whole lot about Dark Side, but Ooh. I will just tell you this. He's a bad dude. So Darkseid essentially ends up fighting off against Anti-Monitor in this. It was a pretty big series. There, In fact, there are actually three big parts to this, and it's a huge crossover, but it's a lot of fun to read. The biggest way that this affected Shazam, though, was that he lost the connection to his old Pantheon. So old Shazam, which is what the wizard has been going by in the New 52 series, is trying to get these backup gods for him, basically, so that way he can still turn into Shazam. So he got cut off when Darkseid died? Not exactly. That's all really complicated, and we're going to read it later. The big important bit is to know that he got basically lost access to the old gods. He can no longer call upon them to turn into Shazam. So... Old Shazam ends up finding him some new gods. I mean, why not? You know what I mean? They're a dime a dozen, apparently. <laughs> so he finds Siva, which gives Shazam strength, Hronmir, who is fire, Anapol, which is compassion, Zonus, which is the source manipulation, and on top of that, Zonus is actually Darkseid's father. So that's a whole other storyline we'll have to get into. Uh, but he also has Eight, which gives him boldness, and Mama Ragan, which gives him lightning. Sounds like old Shazam really had to stretch for a few. Well, Mama Ragan is old Shazam, we find out. Oh, really? So he is now officially one of the gods. So he's... Never mind. It's yeah. like a Shazam Shazam... Okay. Sort of. Now, all of this, of course, has gone away. Uh, they just now started a new series, but this was a huge thing for Shazam at the time because he had to learn how to cope and deal with new gods giving him new powers. He couldn't fly anymore. He now has a fire hand. You know, I mean, there's little things that he wasn't used to. So there was a fun stretch of time where he had a little bit of different powers there. And I think I read a brief sum of some of these and like the he's fighting with the gods within this magical land where the gods exist. Yeah, like within his head, kind of. Like and they're he's arguing seeing them and talking everything. to them. Them. Right, right. So it was a lot of fun. Um, I I enjoyed the Dark Side War. Now, of course, I did mention to you that Black Adam died. I mean, obviously, Shazam was going to be buried. In between Dark Side War and Trinity War, there's a really crazy event called Forever Evil, where Lex Luthor leads a bunch of villains against the crime syndicate. And it, it gets kind of confusing, but the big thing to pull from that is that Black Adam is back. He is essentially raised from the dead. Lex Luthor is amazing. Yeah, it wasn't Lex Luthor, but it, it doesn't okay, matter too fine. much. But he was working with some dude who did. Right, so the big thing to pull from that, though, is that Black Adam is back alive. Now, all that being said, the New 52's been over now for a few years, and they went through DC Rebirth, and Shazam didn't get a rebirth. Uh, he was not part of that. But he did come out with a new series more recently. He has his own official series named Shazam, with an exclamation mark at the end. It's probably into issue, I would say, by the time this releases in 17 or 18. Uh, but I know I've read the first five or six issues, and holy cow, is it good. I mean, right off the bat, they're part of the family. The family has their powers, and they are investigating the old Shazam caverns where the old wizard used to be. That's right. They like go to find Shazam to talk to him about something, and they find like a railway subway station right, yeah. that goes to these different areas. Some of them are blocked off, so those are like after you defeat another enemy, this one, this area will be unlocked. Perhaps. We don't know. They, um, they're still investigating. And then so, But then they go to what uh, another place. What do they call They call it, it the Magic Land. Magic Land. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like the big theme park with like a kid as a god or right. a king in that area. It was a lot of fun to read. It, it was interesting. It's mysterious. Absolutely. Uh, they don't give you all the answers right up front, so it's a lot of fun to read. Yeah, and it seems like they're going to introduce them a lot of really new fun concepts. It's going to be really great for a video game. 
The day that I can play a Shazam video game, I will lose my mind. Oh, especially best based off this uh, new version of Shazam written by Jeff Johns. Absolutely, like the idea of an open world Shazam game would be so cool. <laughs> oh, especially man. if you like based it out of this little area and you get to go to Magic Land and defeat all these little areas. Yeah, that would all be right, really somebody cool. make it for us quick. Go, 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 go. Do it, yeah, <laughs> and get Jeff Johns behind it. I mean, he's writing the current series and it's incredible. I mean, you get him to throw in some at least some creative consulting, and you got a you've got a masterpiece on your hand. And so that. I mean, pretty much get you to where you need to be to go out and get the newest Shazam. I'll, I'll probably be adding it to my list right alongside Iron Man. Yeah, you definitely should be. Uh, the, the new Iron Man stuff's great. The new Shazam stuff's great. The fact of the matter is, this is a perfect time because by the time you guys are listening to this, more than likely, the first two volumes of the new Shazam series will be out. Go pick it up for 14 bucks on Amazon or even at your local comic store. Local comic store. Forget Amazon when it comes to comic books. Support your local store. Absolutely. But sometimes your local stores can't get them or don't have them. They will order them for you. At Trust least, me. At least give them the option. Yeah, so definitely check those out. Uh, they're a lot of fun. And like I said, at this point, you're pretty much caught up. So if we're caught up on where we're at in the comic books, let's talk about today's culture with Shazam. Yeah, Shazam has been all over the place. Honestly, until last year when the movie came out, I had never heard of Shazam. And that blows my mind. And it's not uncommon either. Like Most people don't know who Shazam is because most people hear Captain Marvel and they automatically assume Marvel's Captain Marvel, who is Carol Danvers. He had his own 1970s TV show, which was apparently huge. Oh, it was so big that they consistently showed it for over four four years after it ran. There was a really amazing fighting game that came out a couple years back called Injustice Among Us. In fact, they've created a comic storyline that goes along with it, and Shazam is one of the main characters in that that game. You can fight as him, and it's really cool. He uses his power as Shazam to turn into Billy Batson and shock you and stuff. The storyline for that game is incredible. Even if you don't like fighting games, go on YouTube and watch the videos. Uh, the audience can't hear it, but I am rolling my eyes really uh, hard yeah. at a fighting game. And on top of that, he's been in multiple DC animated movies. Uh, in fact, he had his own. It was called Superman vs. Shazam, The Return of Black Adam. Yeah, and DC's animated movies are the best. I've heard really good things about him. I just have just never really gotten into it. We them. should watch Flashpoint. That you really enjoy it. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. Okay, so I've got a question for you, Adam. Okay. We've been talking about Shazam, and now they've introduced the fact that he can have a new pantheon. Right, right. If you had the option to choose your own gods out of any pantheon that exists, whether it's an RPG that you played or Egyptian or Celtic or whatever, what pantheon would you choose? And out of those gods, who would you pick? Well, so on, my, on your team, my initial thought, I would automatically go Norse gods because I know a lot about them. I'm, I love Norse mythology. Uh, Neil Gaiman's Norse mythology is one of my favorite books of all Beautiful time. Book. It's great. Oh, it's amazing. So, I was going to go with that, but then I thought, you know, I want to challenge myself. I play a lot of Pathfinder, a yeah. lot, which is basically D&D for a lot of the folks out there that maybe don't know what Pathfinder sure. is. I decided to choose the Pathfinder Pantheon, or specifically the Galarian Pantheon. Oh, fun. Okay. So you're going with pure fiction at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Now, I will have to preface this by saying that they don't have a lot of gods that can spell Shazam, and when I did this, for some reason, that was the word I chose. Okay. I'm trying to stick very true <laughs> to the Shazam mythology. Uh, in, in fact, speaking of the Shazam mythology, there have been multiple characters throughout the series that have to say the word backwards. Uh, Mazash, and they turn into like an evil Shazam. In fact, Alex Alexander Luther is one of them. I think you may okay. remember him from Crisis on Infinite Earths. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's just a fun play on words there. I decided to go ahead and choose uh, Seren Ray, who is, you could say, the god of compassion. I chose Hanspur, which was really stretched, like a minor god. He is a god of travel and transportation, so I'm thinking if I can't fly, I can like 
teleport back and forth. I've got Asmodeus for power. Zon Cthun for wrath. Who, if you know anything about Pathfinder, Zon Cthun is like evil. He's an evil dude. Really evil, but they didn't have any other Zs. So, so it worked. You had to go with that one. Yeah. Uh, and then I had Asmodeus again as law, but I, I actually think that I might have messed that one up. I, I don't have it in front of me, but there are there's another god that is the law god that starts with an A. Uh, and then I chose another minor god named Milani for hope. Love it. So I kind of went off the rails here. All right. Tell me, what is your pantheon? I made up my own Because you actually haven't told me any of this yet, so I'm really yeah. excited to know. Uh, I made up my own word. I didn't go with Shazam. I of wanted course. to find something else. Like I wanted to find the gods first and then make up a word using those letters. Oh, that's cool. I wish I had done that. You're a lot smarter than me. Well, that's of course. <laughs> <laughs> I went with, uh, when you when you want to change into Captain Marvel, my version, you would say Snapka. S- Snapka? Snapka. How do you spell that? Uh, S-N-A-P-K-A. Okay, Snapka. Snapka. I like that. I like with that. an exclamation point at the end. At the you end, gotta, gotta ah. What if it was a question mark? Like, Snapka? Snapka? Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a weak person. Shazam? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I picked uh, Sekhmet. Oh, uh, it was the Egyptian pantheon oh, is what okay, I went very from. Cool. And when I went to the Wikipedia with all their names, and holy crap, it fills up a page or three no or joke. ten. Yeah. Uh, so I had lots to choose from. Uh, so I chose Sekhmet. The strength of a lion. Okay. Neth with the accuracy, so I use a bow. All right. Uh, Aten, who has light, so I can see in the dark, or I can at Ooh, least make cool. light in the dark. That's useful. Uh, Ptah, who is creation, so I can make things appear in my hand. And uh, Kansu. I had to add Kansu, Kansu. in. Yeah. Uh, the moon god, so that's flight. Uh, and then Akar, the earthly connection, so I can make uh, earthquakes happen. that's incredible that's a great list of gods man i like that i loved yours too that was a lot of fun to work on it's it's really cool to see that you recognize some of the gods because you ran moon knight yeah think about if you had never read moon knight i wouldn't know who who kanshu is is. yeah not a clue that's cool man that's really cool see you're learning some things (laughs) and so that's uh shazam uh from beginning to end today's culture we've even made up our own versions of Shazam, so if we want to make our own little characters, then DC can send us a cease and desist letter, which would be great. Absolutely. For all of the listeners out there that have Wikipedia access, we're going to need you to add our Shazam mottos into the Shazam Wikipedia for us, please. Thank you. That'd be great. Next week, we are going to visit the Marvel version of Captain Marvel. Okay. And all we'll right. get into, I think we'll, and I think next week, we'll get into the story of what happened between DC and Marvel, and why DC no longer calls Shazam Captain Marvel, but Marvel can. Let's leave that for next week. All right. Well, you heard it. You heard it here next week. Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers. By the way, really excited about Carol Danvers. I can't wait to read some of her comics. Me either. I can't wait to revisit some of her comics. I've been reading Carol Danvers for a long time now. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Wes. See you next week. Have a good one, guys. (laughs) 